Well, right now, I've been thinking about this whole series and reading books on forever, reading books on eternity, on heaven. There's so much out there, so many stories and testimonies and revelations that people have had about all of it. And during this series, I hope that we're going to be able to answer some of the questions that some of us have about heaven, like, will we recognize our loved ones up there? What will our bodies be like? Or what will we be doing that entire time of forever, eternity? All those questions. There's so much to think about when you think about heaven and you think about forever and eternity. But today, I want us to scratch the surface as we focus and, and talk about forever. You know, right on your bulletins, on the very back, we've provided a space for you to take notes. We just started doing that this week. So you'll see the first scripture we've already mentioned is right there at the top on your bulletin. And then if you have a pen, you could take some notes today. But we're talking about forever. James said, life is such a vapor. It's such a mist. It's a shadow. It's here today and gone tomorrow. And I want you to imagine with me that this rope up here on stage is your life. This rope, imagine that it, you know, is longer than this, that it circles the world and goes round and round and round, and there's no end, that your, your life lasts forever. Just imagine that your life just goes on and on and on, and, and yet, while it goes on and on and on, this right here, this orange part, represents your time on earth. So much of us spend our lifetime, or what we think is our lifetime, focused on this part right here, when we have all of this ahead of us. We're so, we're so focused. Some of us are right here in the time on earth. Some of us are closer to right here. Some of us have no clue. I mean, the truth is none of us know. None of us are promised tomorrow. I heard a story about some kids in Sunday school class, and the Sunday school teacher, you know, asked them, um, where do you think you're at in relation to eternity? And, you know, each of the kids... They, they, had, they had a line on a whiteboard, and each kid kind of marked where they were at, and most of them all marked right there at the start. They would have marked somewhere right around here because these boys and girls, they were six, seven, eight years old. And, and a few days later, it's kind of a sad story. A few days later, one of the boys that marked right here, he was in a car accident, and he immediately went into eternity. Some of us don't really think about eternity because we're afraid to die. We're afraid of of, of losing our life and stepping into the future. But as believers, we don't have to be afraid of when this orange part ends because we know that up ahead of us is eternity in heaven with Jesus Christ. And that's something to be excited about, to shout about, to anticipate with great joy. But so many times we run into people and, and even ourselves as believers who are so focused on this right here. You know, I'm going to work hard this much and I'm going to save up and, and finally when I get about right here, that's when I'll be able to really live big. I'll get a house, I'll have a nice car, and I'm going to enjoy the rest of my life. And we're not thinking about this right here. And James says, guys, this is really short compared to this right here. This is really short. Don't get so focused on this. Don't get so stressed about this. Don't think everything revolves around this. Because truthfully, this is going to be gone in a few moments. A day in heaven is like a thousand years here on earth. That's what the, the authors say. And, and so we need to think about forever. I remember when I was a kid and uh, a movie came out. I wasn't able to see it until I was like in ninth grade. It was called Sandlot. Anybody ever see that baseball movie? Awesome. 
I wasn't a baseball fan, but I enjoyed that movie when I saw it. And there's this moment where the boys are all talking to each other, the baseball players, and one of them's telling this story, and he says these words, forever. And John and I loved that part. We used to just say it to each other, forever. Just turn to the person next to you and say, forever. Forever. And guys, you know, we, we like to wear jokes out. Like, we'll just keep them going on and on and on. And girls are like, seriously, are they going to ever stop the joke, you know? How many of y'all ladies know what I'm talking about? The guys, we're just like, we love it. Like, we'll just keep going on about it forever. <laughs> John and I would just keep saying it. And our sisters would be like, guys, it's old. Like, that, you know, that was funny maybe three years ago. And we're like, forever. <laughs> guys are just good at that. We just wear jokes out. But... Here's the point of it. I don't think we truly have a glimpse of what forever is going to be like. So many times we will use the word forever in a phrase, in a sentence. Like for Ashley and I right now, there's moments where Liam won't stop crying. It just feels like he's been crying forever. Or moments where you're sitting in, in a class for college students or, or high school students and you're looking at the clock and it just feels like this class is lasting forever. Or in, in a church service, you're like, when is this going to end? It's been going on forever. And it's an intensity of time. We're not really talking about a 365-day measurement of time over one year after another year. We're talking about in this moment, it just feels like forever. And I think that truthfully... When Jesus is talking about eternity and forever, because throughout the Bible, like I said, heaven is mentioned 550 times. Heaven is mentioned. He talks about it. In fact, when he's teaching his disciples how to pray, it, it actually pops up twice. It's the one word in the prayer that pops up more than once. Let's just go there together. Uh, Matthew chapter 6. We'll go there. Uh, verse 9. This is what Jesus tells his disciples. He says, when you're praying, I want you to pray like this. Our Father in heaven. There it is. He says, hallowed be your name. May your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Twice he's mentioned it already. So Jesus was focused on eternity. He was thinking about heaven. And heaven wasn't some, you know, far off place in his mind. It was a place that actually existed and that he wanted to invade this earth. People who are heavenly minded are either two types. One type of people who are heavenly minded, they're just lost in the clouds. That's all they think about. That's all they want to do. I remember when I was um, going through a season as a worship leader where all I wanted to do was just get lost in his presence. You know, I just wanted to like play my guitar and just sing songs that nobody knew that I was making up on the spot. And, and one time my sister Sarah, I was leading worship for our young adults. And afterwards she was like, Paul. I'm really glad that you're going to heaven during worship. I was just hoping that maybe you could take us with you. Because everyone out here has no clue where you're going with these songs. You're just making up songs on the spot. And I kind of got a little offended. I was like, well, I'm just heavenly minded. She was like, there's two types of heavenly minded people. One type is lost in the clouds. They've completely mentally checked out from planet Earth. The other type... They're so heavenly minded that it's made them so earthly good. That's the kind of people we want to be. We want to be the kind of people, and this is a phrase I want us to think about this month. Heavenly minded people are called to be earthly good people. Jesus wasn't wanting the disciples to get so focused on heaven that they checked out of planet earth. He was wanting them to get so focused on heaven to figure out how do we bring it down to earth. 
How do we invite his kingdom to come, his will to be done on earth, what? As it is in heaven. So what's heaven going to be like? This question. Turn to the person next and say, what's heaven going to be like? We've seen movies that recently came out like Heaven is for Real. Anybody ever see that movie or read the book? Um, I thought it was really interesting. The, the uh, author of the book actually uh, was here just two weeks ago down here uh, at the altar during uh, one of the Perry Stone things. Incredible family. They've come to this church. I love their story. I love just the heart of, of uh, the Burpo family in that movie and in that book. But, you know, sometimes we think about heaven, and the older we get, the more cynical we can become about heavenly things. And we need to learn, like Jesus told his disciples, to see with eyes of faith like little children. We need to learn to have a critical mind without a critical heart. In other words, we need to understand not everything needs to be picked apart and cynicized and critical and say, well, I just don't know if they really went to heaven or I just don't know if, they, if there's really dogs up there or if they really saw people that they knew down here on earth. We need to learn to look through the lens of little children with eyes of faith when it comes to things about faith. That's the only way to believe because faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things what? Not seen. So we asked children this last week here at Victory, what do you think about heaven? What comes to your mind when you think about heaven? What do you think heaven's going to be like? And we, we found some pretty good answers. We want you to see this video of what kids had to say about heaven. Do you think there's a heaven? Yes. I know so. Yes. And who do you think is in heaven? Jesus, the Heavenly Father, the Holy Spirit. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. You guess? My grandfather. And all my friends. God. And people. Um, animals and God and Jesus and my grandpa, my grandpa, my mom and dad, uh, my great-great-grandpa, and all the people in the world. Jesus and God is going to be there, and you can worship him for as long as you want. Everybody? Well, maybe. Maybe. What do you think heaven looks like? Heaven, I think, looks like it has 12 gates that are made out of pearls, and it's made of silver and gold. There's a tree of life and um, a river of life. I think that's that. I think the roads are golden and there's a lot of mansions there that got to save us. Buildings? <laughs> Streets of gold and Jesus sitting on the throne. Beautiful and fun and I don't know. What do you think you have to do to get to heaven? Believe in God. But we can't, like, do anything bad on purpose if you die. 
while only by um, believing God. Obey um, God's rules down on earth. You just have to. just think that you need to be kind, generous, you need to love God, you need to put God first, you need to love yourself and do to others like they want to be treated. Come on, those are some good answers right there. I love listening to just the raw honesty of kids' answers about heaven, you know, it's unprepared, just what's off the top of your mind, what comes, what comes to your mind about heaven. And I love how each of them had different answers. One of my favorite answers that they said was, Grandpa's going to be there. My grandpa's going to be there. There's just that faith of a child that just knows, yeah, they put their faith in Jesus, they're going to heaven. And I think sometimes we can get so caught up on the things here on earth so caught up in the trials we're walking through, the circumstances, or even just death in general. And it causes us to be afraid about what's next. It causes us to be afraid of what's going to happen here. Things like ISIS and Ebola and terrorism and all kinds of stuff like that. It can cause us to live in a state of fear. And you know, fear, the definition of it is a paralyzing effect. That it slows us down. It causes us to stop moving forward. This is what the devil wants to do. He wants to stop the church from advancing the kingdom of God here on the earth. He wants us to be so afraid that we're trapped in fear that we don't do anything. We don't show up to church. We don't be the church. We don't live out the love of God. We're afraid to witness out of what might happen to us or talk about our faith. And it causes us to shrink back. But while there's a kingdom that's trying to wage war against us, there's also a kingdom that's waging war against that. It's the kingdom of God. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 6 that we don't wage war against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of this dark world. So here's the good news. We've been given the armor of God. How do we wage war against the enemy? By putting on that faith, that armor of God that God's called us to walk in and stand in. And these kids, it's like they just had faith about what the future was going to be like, faith about what heaven was going to be like. I remember in my life, one of the moments where I had an open vision of heaven. And I, I'm not someone who has like dreams and visions and revelations of heaven. I think it's awesome when people do. I love reading the stories and watching the videos and, and hearing the testimonies of people who do visit heaven maybe in a dream. I know Jesse Duplantis wrote a book about that that's in our bookstore. But for me, I remember on November 22nd, 2009, it was the morning our family was in. MD Anderson Hospital and we were praying for my dad we were all around his bed and we were holding hands and we were watching that heart monitor that EKG beep and beep and slowly and slowly stop beeping and, and the nurse kind of came in and said this is this is it you know and we were crying praying and just trying to figure out you know what's next that that just fear of the unknown but it was this peace of God that just moved in the room. And it was like it just settled on our family. And we all felt it. And I think we all saw different things. But for me, the thing that I saw 
And I don't think it was a physical thing. I felt like it was in my heart. I just saw this picture. It was like the heavens opened up. And I hope I don't freak anyone out. But this was what I saw. The heavens opened up. And I just felt like my dad was standing there with Jesus and God. And I didn't see Jesus or God's face. So I don't know what, what it was like. But I knew they were. it was them. And my dad was standing between them with his arms around their, their necks. And they were holding my dad. And they were all smiling and kind of just looking at us. And, you know, it just felt like this awesome moment where they were just cheering us on. And it was like my dad said these words, Paul, I fought the good fight. I finished the race. Paul, you and the family, don't give up. Don't stop following God. Don't stop doing things for eternity. And I just felt he was encouraging me. There was things he was saying that some I remember and some I forget. I just know in that moment, I saw a glimpse of heaven. And guys, we have nothing to be afraid of when it comes to eternity. Believers, you have nothing to be afraid of. Maybe you're here today and you don't know if you truly have let Jesus be Lord of your life. Don't let a day go by. Don't let an hour go by without making a decision that I want Jesus to be Lord of my life. I want to live my life with an eternity mindset. I remember another time where my brother and I, our, our whole family, we went to go pray for our friend Rachel, her grandfather. He was in the hospital, and Rachel had grown up with my sister Ruthie, and she called and said, you know, would you guys come and pray for my grandpa? He's in the hospital. He's dying. Would you guys just come and pray? And so we all went up there to pray, and John and I were like eight, nine years old, just walking up there, and we were praying for Rachel's grandfather, and all of a sudden, same thing. He flatlined. He died right there. And John walked away from the room, and there was, there was a window right by his room that kind of looked out at St. Francis. And so he was looking out the window, just smiling. Rachel's mom, which was the grandfather's daughter, she went over, and she said, John, what are you looking at? He said, I, I see him. Not, not, not the body of him, but I, I see the spirit of him. And he's going to heaven. John was nine years old. Now, she could have crossed her arms and become very cynical and said, well, you're just a kid. You just don't know what you're talking about. But she said, John, I, I see it too. See, sometimes I think we miss the supernatural realm because we're cynical or because we're critical or because we've allowed the cares of this life and the stress and, and just death in general to try and rule our minds and hearts. And God wants to set you free of that today. He wants to give you that mind of Christ, that peace that passes all understanding, that ability to see that, hey, God has a great place for those who've put their faith in Jesus Christ. He's gone ahead of us. He's building mansions, Jesus says, not just one mansion. I'm not planning on a small party. I'm planning on a big party. Like I said, he's preparing a place for us. And it doesn't mean that we just check out of this life and we just get so excited about heaven that we don't care about here. It does mean that we look forward to, we anticipate. Guys, forever is a lot longer than this lifetime. This life is a vapor. Forever is really, really long. Are we preparing for it? A, a, a true, heavenly-minded person is completely engaged on earth, looking for ways to bring heaven down to here, to make their invade here. We want to look for ways to do that. So what is heaven like? I mean, we listen to the kids. We've heard about other people who've had visions and dreams. Maybe you saw the movie, Heaven is for Real. But I, I truly believe heaven is for real. Anybody else with me on that? I mean, this is a real place. It's not just something believers made up to make us feel better. It truly exists. We've got countless stories about it. But 
I'm also a believer in the Word of God. I think it's the uncompromised Word of God that leads us into all truth, and the truth sets you free. This Word says there's a heaven. I believe there's a heaven. Let's go to the Word right now as we get ready to kind of wrap up today. Revelation 21 is one of the best chapters on what heaven is going to be like. Revelation 21. Are you excited about this? And then I saw a new heaven, Apostle John said, and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. That gets me excited right there. I'll never forget on my wedding day, seeing my bride come down that aisle, beautifully dressed, prepared. You know the bride that Jesus is coming back for? And by the way, Jesus is coming back soon. He's coming back. I don't know when. We don't know the day or the hour. Our job is not to try and figure 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 out the day or the hour. Our job is to prepare for the day, to be ready, looking forward to that day. But the bride is supposed to be spotless. The bride is to be pure. The bride is to be radiantly shining here on this earth. We're going to talk about how do we do that a little bit later in the series. But it says that the bride is dressed for her husband, this holy city, the new Jerusalem. And I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them and he will wipe every tear from their eyes. And there will be no more death, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more sickness. These things will be gone forever. Can you give a shout to the Lord today? We're going to a place where there's no more cancer, no more leukemia, no more death. But listen, here's the great news. For believers, we know that death has already lost its sting. Oh, death, where is your sting? Where is your power? Paul the Apostle had such a beautiful picture of heaven, of eternity. He lived his life. For, for me to die is gain. To live is Christ. See, Paul wasn't someone who was just living to, to one day have a bunch of money to buy that house on the lake and have that boat and that car. No, he was living with eternity in mind. He was living with the mindset of every person I love, every relationship I build, everything I do, let it point glory to God. Let the work that I do, the tents that I build. See, Paul wasn't just walking around always evangelizing. He was working hard. And he encouraged his believers in, in Colossae. He said, guys, if you're going to work, work unto the Lord because all of this one day is going to be looked at in eternity. Did you know believers are going to stand before the throne room of God in eternity? It's not just non-believers that stand before the judge in eternity. It's believers too. And let me just show you real quick. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10 says, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Who, who's going to appear? Does all mean all? Was Paul talking to non-believers in Corinthians? No, he was talking to a church. This is a church sermon. He says, guys, we are all appearing before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while on earth, whether good or bad. So for believers, the question is not where we will spend eternity. The question is how we will spend eternity. There is a how in heaven. Paul says there's flames on the way to heaven. That's a strange thought to think about. We don't ever really consider the verse where Paul says everything we do is going to be tested by fire at the end of this life. 
Don't be the one who barely makes it through the flames that all the stuff you've done burns up like a big stack of hay. What are we building for? He challenged us to build something. As a preacher, as a pastor, he challenges ministers, don't preach a bunch of sermons of hay. Don't just preach your own opinions. Preach the word of God because it won't be burned up on the way to heaven. So as a, as a preacher, my conviction is that whatever I share with you, Lord, let it be a sermon that's not going to be burned like hay and stubble. Lord, I want to build something, God, that's going to go into eternity, that's carrying people into eternity, that's discipling people for eternity, that's preparing our church for eternity. But not just for pastors, but for businessmen. Your character the way you treat people for husbands, for wives, for sons, for daughters, for singles, the way you treat your body. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Don't build hay on the way to heaven. Don't throw your body away for whatever comes right now. Don't live for the temporary husbands because your faithfulness to your wife, it's going to be seen one day. Your faithfulness to your husband, your, your faithfulness to the Word of God, our character, our integrity, our honesty. Lord, deliver us from haystacking in this life. Deliver us from a lifestyle of just building hay piles. See, we're called to prepare for eternity. Someone asked Rick Warren, who's the author of The Purpose Driven Life. They said, Rick, what's life really all about? This was his answer. I love his answer. He said, people ask me, what's the purpose of life? And I respond, in a nutshell, life is preparation for eternity. We were made to last forever, not here, but with God in heaven. He goes on to say, one day my heart is going to stop. By the way, that's nothing to be afraid of. Hebrews 9 says all of us are appointed to, to a day of death. So we're either going to go on the rapture with Jesus, or one day our hearts will stop and we will go to be with Jesus in heaven. It's nothing to be afraid of. But Rick Warren says, one day it's, it's going to end. It'll be the end of my body, but not the end of me. I may live to be 60 or 100 years old here on this earth, but I'm going to spend trillions of years in eternity. This is just the warm-up act, the dress rehearsal. We were made by God and for God. And until you figure that out, life isn't going to make much sense. God is more interested in your character than your comfort. God is more interested in making your life holy than he is in making your life happy. We can be reasonably happy here on earth, but that's not the goal of life. The goal is to grow in character of Christ-likeness. We need to ask ourselves, am I, am I going to live for possessions? Am I going to live for popularity? Am I going to be driven by materialism? Or am I going to be driven by God's purposes for my life? That's the question for all of us today. This series, this topic of forever, puts everyone on equal playing ground. Whether you're rich or poor, famous or nobody knows your name, we're all headed in the same destination, eternity. And what we do in this life echoes in eternity. What we do in this vapor of a life determines how and where we will spend eternity. Let's be heavenly-minded people that are doing earthly good here. Let's usher out the evil and let's bring in the good. So what does it look like for us to bring heaven down on earth? What does it look like for us to be channels and vessels for heaven to invade earth? It looks like us 
doing things that are getting rid of sickness and disease. I'm not saying that we're going to be able to end a, a, a sickness here on earth or end poverty, but let's do everything we can. Let's be the church that's rescuing orphans. Let's be the church that's helping the poor. Let's be the church that's doing mission trips. And people might say, you guys are crazy. You guys are all about helping other people. You guys are just wasting your spring breaks and doing stuff on summer that's just, why are you guys going to Cambodia to help orphans? Because we think people who don't do things for other people are probably crazy too because they're wasting their time here on earth headed towards eternity why do you guys give why do you guys tithe why do you guys sow why do you guys serve it's not just so we can have good points as, as a person and look good or or be popular as the goody you know person in our city no no we do this because we're driven by eternity i'm not doing this for the applause of man i'm doing this for the applause of the king I'm doing this so, so that way I know, hey, and it's not so I can get a bunch of jewels in heaven, which is a whole nother topic we're going to talk about. People always say, there, there's another jewel on your crown in heaven. Guys, did you know that our crowns all end up at the, at the feet of Jesus when we get to heaven? We're not, we're not living to get a bunch of rubies and crowns so we can look how awesome our crowns are in heaven. It's everything points to Jesus in heaven. The streets of gold, the, the pearly gates, all of it is just a reflection of the beauty of Jesus Christ. I want you to stand up on your feet with me all over this room. Maybe you're here today and you've lost sight of what life is really all about. Throughout the New Testament, there's stories of people that Jesus was trying to get heaven into. Guys like the rich young ruler. All they were concerned about was a ticket, an entrance into heaven. If all you're concerned about is an entrance into heaven, you're not truly following Jesus because Jesus is looking not just for people who want to get into heaven, but people who want to bring heaven down to earth. So Jesus would challenge people. He would look at people and say, is this really going to matter in eternity? All these riches, why not be generous? Why not serve? Why not give? Why not love? Why not bring heaven? Let heaven leak down through you here on earth.